holidays. Holidays. We got the Christmas thing going, or <laughs> the holiday, do. the whole festive thing going we here. We do. So much fun. I know. I love. I, I love the holidays. Me too. <laughs> Welcome to AI Life, you guys. We have uh, some fun stuff to do tonight. We do. Um, to talk about. And I think our, our team has a surprise for us, which we're not quite <laughs> sure what that is yet. We don't know. <laughs> no. So. They say it's fun. So let's go Let's that. go back. Tell me about your Thanksgiving. How was that? Thanksgiving was good. Yeah. Uh, we were in Vegas, actually. Um, my parents got us a vacation home, so... We were up there hanging out and, well, I guess moving <laughs> is really what it was. You had a working what vacation. Happens you when, working... You, when you get a new house, so you do all the stuff for it. So it was good, but it was good to hang out with family. Um, so lots of family time for Thanksgiving. What did you have to eat for Thanksgiving? We... Sushi? No, surprisingly, we actually booked we were going to eat Chinese food and we ended up eating a late, 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 late lunch, and so we ended up canceling our reservation really? because everybody was full. Oh my so, gosh! Um, yeah, but if you watch my Instagram, I did eat lots of sushi and Japanese food around Thanksgiving, so that was really good. <laughs> now I have to go on a diet. <laughs> Definitely need to go on a diet. <laughs> together, we'll do it together. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh we'll my do it gosh. through the holiday so we don't eat as much. I know. I know. Yeah, I found a really good place that makes amazing, like their apple pie and the pumpkin pie. The guy used to, I think he used to be the head pastry chef at the Beverly Hills, Ho- Beverly Hills Hotel and then SLS. He helped them open up and he just opened a cute little cafe in Vegas. And it's like <gasps> five, 10 minutes from where I live. And we're like, we go there and the croissants are amazing. Oh but we ordered uh, for Thanksgiving their pies. Holy smokes. Well, then, smokes. okay, so I'll go to Giordano's first for my Chicago pizza. Because <laughs> right? I got hooked on Chicago deep dish pizza. And then we'll go there for dessert. How's that? Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. How was your Thanksgiving? It was nice. It was quiet. Just had uh, my family. And uh, my mom is 94, so we... She's um, at the retirement home with her boyfriend. What the heck, right? She's hey, a cougar. He's 89. It. Who knew? But anyway, it's kind of cute. Anytime. It's really cute. So picked her up and she spent the day with us and she Aww. misses our puppy and everything. And we had the typical turkey and dressing and um, my husband smoked the turkey. It was the best Ooh. turkey we have ever had. Smoked turkey. I'm a Traeger grill. Is it better Freak. than fried turkeys, though? It would, we, I love the fried turkeys we used uh-huh. to do. I love the fried turkeys, but this um, smoked one was so moist. It was Ooh. more moist than a fried one, which I was wow. so surprised. Wow. Yeah. So good. Have to try that next time. So <laughs> next time. <laughs> well, we all hope right. your Thanksgiving was all fun and games, you guys. Hope it was delicious and you guys had good family time. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So, we have some things to be thankful for. We have giveaways <laughs> for right? Christmas. Um, our team has put together, I guess it's the 12 days of AI. And so, we're going to give away 12 different uh, things throughout this month. So, starting from December 13th through the 24th, um, there will be winners every day. So, you kind of need to watch every day because every day there is going to be in the morning, they're going to announce um, a new giveaway in a sense. So Lori has a list yeah, of so things that we're going to give I away. Have a, I have a few of the things. So what's kind of cool is um, say on the second day of Christmas. So people are going to get sets of these spiny balls. And um, you know what? These are the best thing ever. So when when, you, when anybody's hurting, they're just like squeezing these. And then they have all these little divots in their hands. <laughs> So um, it more than what you know, doing. it makes sense to me instead of squishing a little soft little sponge, squish something that hurts. <laughs> because it's a really good distractor. So we're gonna be giving away some of these things. So two balls for the second day of Christmas. What else? And say like on day three, we're giving away three webinars. So those are each worth $199. Mm-hmm. Um like day day nine, airtight is giving away around $900 worth of supplies and mm-hmm. and chocolates and things. So the new low dead space lure lock syringes, the invisible mm-hmm. needles, the Those. low dead space needles. I'm obsessed with the low yep. dead space needles. So am I. Yeah. These are amazing. So that's, that's airtight aesthetics. They are giving away about $900. They're so such an amazing company and they've yep. been so wonderful working with us and I get everything for my clinic and our clinics from them. They're yep. amazing. We yep, love them. For sure. And so we have some Zio products we're giving away. The and on immersion. the 12th day, 
on the 12th day, yeah, along with aesthetic immersion, we're giving away different things during, yep. during the time. On the 12th day, the aesthetic show is giving away 12 entries mm -hmm. to the show. So that's good. So if you think Ellen and Oprah give away a lot of stuff, <laughs> We're, we're giving a lot of stuff. We're catching up. We're catching up. <laughs> we're still new, but we're catching up. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely read the contest details online through Instagram. I think you have to follow Instagram. Follow if there's a partnering company that's giving um, giving away that day. Just make sure that you follow them, and then comment on it by tagging two or three friends uh, or colleagues. Um, so good luck with that. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you guys win. Something on this 12 days of giveaways. Yeah, take a quick picture of this, you guys. You know what you need to do as far as tagging and following. Um, just take a quick picture if you can. Awesome. All right. So we have something kind of um, unusual that we are going to be doing. Um, so what are we doing? We're getting blindfolded. We're getting blindfolded. This, and our staff is going to be okay, making so us feel okay, products. So we have to blindfold ourselves. So we're going to blindfold okay. ourselves Wrap. We have to guess products, I guess. So here we go. Ugh. Oh my gosh, this is tight. Holy crap. It's mm -hmm. going to. Okay, here we go. Oh my gosh, it's tight. Oh my guys. God. Holy cow. So I know you're not cheating. So I'm not cheating. Oh man. I have to beat Lori, though. My eyes are going to be squished. Oh, look, you're not competitive. Okay. It's pitch black. Can I go to bed now? I really can't see. Okay. okay. <laughs> my, my mascara is going to be down on my chin. Okay. <laughs> Okay, what are we doing? And then, so I guess what were we supposed to do? We're supposed to guess what product it is just by the feel of it. Okay, so you're putting it in our hands? And then and uh, 15 seconds. Six of them, we have 15 seconds. Oh, so th yeah. oh six of them in 15 the seconds? The first one. Yeah. No, we do 15 seconds to guess. Okay. Oh. So this is number one. Yeah. What is it? Shoot. <laughs> okay. This feels I'm like a... Oh, RHA four. No, it's not stretchy. Right. Silk. Oh. Yes, baby. Okay, I need to wipe my hands off. Oh, it's weird. I don't feel it grainy. Mm -hmm. It's not. A, it's powdery. Silk is powdery, and it doesn't. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell you my technique to. <laughs> Who's competitive? I'm not. Okay. Do this hand. I can feel better with this hand. This one. feels like lift. Right. No, this isn't lift. Are you guys showing us the same ones? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you show me silk again or is that? No, this is. Number two, that is lift. Lift, wow. Number two is lift. I don't feel any greeniness. It's in a that. greeniness. Did you give I me silk greeniness. again? Really? I don't feel any greeniness in mine. I feel total graininess. Okay, we're one, one to one. <laughs> All right. All right. This one? Refine. Define. Well, no kiss. Oh, it could be kiss. Final answer? Okay, wait, hold on. Kiss. Contour. Wrong for both. Huh. Lotero. Oh, wow. Wow, kind of stretchy. That's it weird. Has a okay. stretchiness to I'm it. I'm surprised it's yeah. that elastic. Okay. It feels like uh, an expression. It does, huh? Yeah. Boy, this one, mm -hmm. just a little of it. Define. Define. This so feels like a restylane. Is that your final answer? Yes. Both wrong. Juvederm Ultra Plus. Oh. Oh, it's grainy. I didn't realize the Juvederm Ultra Plus was this grainy. A little bit. It's almost like a gel. Like a, almost like a calibrated gel too. But yeah. Was, yeah. Okay, it stretches. That makes sense. I don't feel the stretchiness as much. Wow, we're horrible at this. Yeah, we're bad at this. <laughs> Thank goodness we don't inject blindfolded, I know. Gideon. Fifth one. Fifth one. Here? Radius. Radius, yeah. Right. This feels like Yay. it. <laughs> Tacky. Yeah. Bony. Last one. Mm -mm 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 -mm. This, oh, this one. Mm -hmm. Wow. Soft, not, oh gosh. Not it's soft, I know. Restylane, classic? 
tall. I think it's. It's not. Well, it's a little stretchy. Wait a minute. It's too stretchy. Hold on. I know. I'm getting a little stretch out of it. Oh man. I don't know. There's Contour. A Kiss. <laughs> Kiss. Wrong. Contour. Oh, oh. Versa. Okay. Hmm. Wow. Okay. We wow, suck. that was interesting. I'm sure glad I don't inject blindfolded. Holy crap. Well, oh, right. Thank you. Right? <laughs> that was... Oh, that was interesting. interesting. That was oh, interesting to feel thanks, it. Tiki. Thank you. Woo! Very right. interesting to feel that. Yeah, that was kind of cool. <laughs> so looking at it, I mean, feeling it blindfolded, like, you know what we're feeling for is we're feeling for, is it a particle or is it a gel? Mm -hmm. There's only three in the world that are particle and that's the lift wrestling and silk but some of them have and then some of them radius. almost had a calibrated gel didn't they yeah like the juvederm yeah felt like juvederm, a little calibrated plus, gel I didn't realize felt it like that mm -hmm. and then we're we're doing that we're feeling to see if it's stretchy see if it's elastic or stretchy yeah i was surprised bellatero was as they stretchy as it was us. yeah <laughs> I, I know that's probably refined and they just mixed it it's like versa it's like huh yeah because i don't use that very huh. at all really see you guys get to see that we're not good at this stuff too so <laughs> We suck at it. We suck at it. Oh my gosh. That was fun. Thanks, you guys. That was kind of interesting. I know. It was fun. It's, it's kind of like when we do rheology labs to just kind of squirt it out and play with it and stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. You have to play with it all. Yeah. And, you know, ultimately, I think you have to try a lot of them all. And we'll be doing that kind of a lab at the aesthetic show. Oh, yeah. So we'll be doing kind of a lab where you get to kind of touch and feel and look and draw a line. Yeah. We'll be doing that with this, at the aesthetic show. So that'll be kind of fun. That'll be fun. Yeah. All right. So we're jumping into tonight's topic. Um, rheology. We all hopefully know what rheology is. You know, I think it's about understanding the characteristics of your product. So you understand what products to use. Why are you using them in that area? You know, I think this is a talk that hopefully most of you guys are starting to have that conversation amongst yourselves. Um, and amongst your industry peers so that you guys can understand kind of what products you want to use, why you want to use it. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think there's any product that you can't use. Um, you just have to understand where it fits in your portfolio. They're all tools in your toolbox. Um, and, you know, you don't necessarily need to use everything that everybody else uses, in a sense. Yeah. You just have to understand what it does for your patients and your demographics and understand why it does that. And that's all you really need. I think then it comes to, you know, picking and choosing and you can explain it through rheology on why you chose that for your patients. Yeah, I right? think I, I, I totally agree with you. And I think that rheology is why we choose what we choose to put it where we choose to put it. Mm -hmm. And I think if you, we don't know rheology, we don't know why we're putting something where we're putting it. Mm -hmm. So the, I usually tell people, you need to know rheology and we're going to go through the different aspects with you. And you need to know rheology so that whenever anybody comes up with a new filler, you can, or like say a harline acid or whatever, you can, you can kind of say, well, what's this? What's this? What's this? And then you can have an idea of those variables. When you put those components together, mm -hmm. you kind of have an idea of maybe how that gel or pro product might behave in the tissue. Yep. So exactly. it, it gives you kind of a little bit of a, a back, backdoor knowledge of yeah. what these products are. Exactly. All right. So I think we have a, a small little PowerPoint just to quickly go over on rheology. So can you guys pop it up? I'll pop it up in a second. <laughs> Ultimately, um, you know, this is short. This is just basics, yeah. hopefully, for you guys. There we go. So hyaluronic acid. Um, what is it? You know, actually, it's a naturally occurring polysaccharide. Mm -hmm. It's actually found in our skin, um, hydrates, lubricates, and stabilizes connective tissue. So what you guys don't realize is hyaluronic acid is formed in our skin naturally, and it holds, as you can see, a thousand times its volume in water, um, thereby adding, you could say, the plumpness, the dewiness to your skin. And so this is the reason why Ultimately, as we age, when you have that 
collagen network that holds all of the hyaluronic acid in place in your skin starts to break down and your you know your collagen starts to disappear starts to break down the elastin starts to break down you start to lose the integrity of your skin well that means now your hyaluronic acids are not being able to hold in there mm -hmm. as well and so this is the reason why we're doing lasers and our next ai will be about lasers mm -hmm. um and skin stuff but Ultimately, when you have the right balance, good collagen, your hyaluronic acid holds into place. That's how you stay youthful. Um, and so your, your body produces hyaluronic acid on a daily basis, and it breaks it down on a daily basis. Um, it's just unfortunately, as we age, when you have breakdown in your skin, you get less HA in there, and that's how wrinkles start to form. <laughs> yeah, so think of hyaluronic acid when you see it in a filler, when you see it in something even a skincare product, think of it as a water magnet. Mm -hmm. It's going to hold over a thousand times its weight in water. That's a lot. So when you have a product that has a high hyaluronic acid content, it's going to pull more water to itself. So just, just kind of know that and know what to expect with some products. And we're going to kind of explain more the interaction of hyaluronic acid in dermal fillers, but just kind of know how that goes. Yeah. And like Dr. Kwok said, the older we get, the less we produce. So that's why our skin gets dry. Mm -hmm. We don't hold as much water and we break it down every 24 hours and yep. manufacture it. And the reason that the fillers don't break down that quickly is because they have cross-linking, which we're going to be talking about. Yes. So how are these HAs made? So HA typically actually comes in a powder and then they mix it with water. Um, and what they get is different lengths of HA, whether it's long chains or short chains, and then they can kind of figure out which parts of the HAs, uh, these chains they want to use, whether it's all long chains, whether it's sh uh, shorter chains, or they want a combination of long and short chains. Um, and so ultimately, they add in a crosslinker, BDDE is typical uh, uh, crosslinker, and it literally kind of holds things together. Um, now, how the eventual HA product comes out is something that the companies have their own things, their own processing. It's kind of like when you create wine. It's yeast, it's water, and grapes. How they mix and mash all of it together and it comes out as that wine versus that wine is really just dependent yeah. on the ingredients and how they used it, the time, the temperature, how much, you know, stirring and whatever they do to it to get it to the consistency and to the product that is come out. So we'll never know that because if we did, we would probably be killed because they make <laughs> millions of dollars off of their little <laughs> inventions. <laughs> That's a deep, dark secret. Kind of like where they'd lock away Coca-Cola, you know, yes. recipe. Yeah, every, every company's got their own um, way of doing this. Yeah. So it's, that's the secret part. Yes. That that's is the, the secret part. That is the secret part. Um, so ultimately, you guys have to remember that HA fillers um, or HAs themselves, um, the hyaluronic acids have bonds in between the HA that link it together. And so when you're breaking down with hyaluronidase, it's those HA things that are breaking down, those bonds between the HAs that are breaking down. The actual cross-linking using the BDDE is not the part that breaks down. So you guys have to understand that there is a difference um, when you're looking at HA fillers and uh, cross-linking. There is a correlation with stronger cross-linking mm -hmm. or more cross-linking that it's harder to potentially break down. But the breaking down of your HA product is not the actual cross-linking. It's actually the HA bonds. I kind of talk about it as like Christmas lights. Yeah. Every little light is an HA and the little connections between each light are the HA bonds. Those little bonds are the what's hyaluronic acid or the hyaluronic will break down. The actual plugs where you plug them together, those are your cross-linkings. Those will never break down. Yeah, and I want you to, a good way to remember that is that um, what we break down hyaluronic acid with is called hyaluronidase. It's not called BDDEase. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So we're not breaking down BDDE, we're breaking down hyaluronic acid. So it's hyaluronidase. So that's the easier way to remember that, yes. maybe. And, and Dr. Kwok mentioned about cross-linking. There's different amounts of cross-linking in these products. Yep. So these products might have less than 1%, and they might have upwards of almost 10%, 8%. 8%. Yeah. 
And we need to know that what the cross-linking does. Now, keep in mind, cross-linking has a tendency to not let something want to move too much. It kind of holds it together. And mm -hmm. I want you to think of cross-linking as a big, like a rope fishnet. And if you have just one rope holding fish in, it's going to stretch a lot. And if you have eight ropes all tied together, it's not going to stretch as much. So kind of get a picture in your mind of cross-linking as being yep. kind of like that fishnet, not letting something expand. You know, it can expand a lot or it can't expand much because there's so many ropes around it. Yeah. Does that makes sense? Yeah. Cross-linking is one that you just have to know that it's about how it holds the structure together in mm -hmm. a sense. Uh, I think once they, I think the, the, when we've gone through the labs in Galderma, they were telling us if you get past about that 9-10%, you get almost like a solid mm -hmm. HA, which you essentially, essentially is going to mimic actually an implant. Um, and that's not kind of what we want to be injecting into our patients. We don't need to inject implants, even though these are more softer types of implants that we are injecting. So you're going to probably see most of our cross-linkings um, under probably that 8-9% range. As it gets into the 10%, you're going to really have much more firm, firm, firm projects. It's yeah, like more having more gelatin yeah. into your yeah. jello. The more gelatin you add, the stiffer it becomes. There you go. Yeah, I love that. That's good. I love that analogy. It's good. I do too. Um, and two, we have something called G prime. So another part of like we've gone through cross-linking, okay, and the hyaluronic acid content. I guess let's go back a little bit. Hyaluronic acid content. That's our first yes. of our rheology. So we talked about hyaluronic acid, how it is a water magnet. The more hyaluronic acid you have, possibly the more hydrophilic it is. The mm -hmm. less you have, the less hydrophilic it is. So when we're talking about hyaluronic acid content, I want you to know that when you look at products and you see something that says 20 milligrams in a product, that is neutral. That's pretty much net neutral. It's not going to pull more water in and expand in fluff. It's going to pretty much stay where it is when you put it in. So what you see is what you get. And that's why certain products that I like a lot, a lot of the Galderma line, all the Galderma line is 20 milligrams. So I know it's not going to fluff up later. Um, some of the other ones, the Juvederm Ultra, Ultra Plus, 23, 24, mm -hmm. um, that's not a bad thing. They're made to fluff. That's why people love them in the lips. They're made to kind of give you a little bit extra fluff. So when the, after that first couple of weeks, when fillers kind of settle and bruising and swelling go away, you get that kind of a rebounding little fluff of the product and it kind of helps negate that yep. initial um, settling, I yeah, should say. For sure. So that's not a bad thing. So just kind of know around 20 milligrams is net neutral. Um, and then you kind of get into other things. Are they prehydrated? Are they not hydrated? There's a lot of other things we're not going to get into, <laughs> but just know 20 is midline yes yeah that's very very correct yeah yeah, yeah. Um, um then you were talking about g prime g prime so we go to g prime and g prime has to do just in general with the lifting capability there's a lot of other things involved with with cohesivity and all that we're just going to talk about firmness and lifting capability mm -hmm. so on that g prime scale it might go from 13 1200 all the way down to 150 or lower Very little so that's the lifting capability on a certain scale of certain products mm -hmm. so say the highest g prime product of hyaluronic acid fillers that are fda approved in the united states is lift Mm -hmm. Lift is the firmest, firmest, highest, got the most lifting capability. That's also a particle-based filler. So it's kind of like a sandcastle that's being built. So that's kind of that one. The softest one that's soft and stretchy in the United States now is Refine. So that's the softest product. I, I always tell people it's kind of like strawberry jam. It's just really strawberry soft. Jam. <laughs> it's like really soft and stretchy. But um, <clears throat> that's very soft. So where you put your products, you choose them according to their G-prime. So if somebody has a nice little round face, if somebody has a rounder face, I'm not going to put a low G prime product in them because I'll lose it. I'll never see a difference. I'm going to go to a higher G prime product to help give a little bit of, you can kind of lift that heavier tissue in the position you want yep. it. Exactly. And if somebody has a very, very, very thin face, you don't want to put a high G prime product in yeah. them. They'll look like, like their cheeks, they'll look like Maleficent. Yeah. So you need, they'll just look too hard and yep. firm. So you have to go down in the G prime to a medium or, or softer to help someone have a softer look. So you yep. pick that product according to that patient. So that is G prime. That's kind of the lifting capability. Yeah. You have your viscosity, elasticity, mm -hmm. how much stretch your product really does have. And that's going to determine where you want to place it. You know, if it's very viscous, see, 
you may not want to put it under an area that has high mobility on the bone because you may get some migration of the product. Um, if it has a lot of elasticity, you may want to put it above the muscle so that when the muscles are moving, the elasticity stretches it out and you're not going to get clumping up. You don't want a really high, uh, very, very low elasticity type of product, one that doesn't stretch to be above the muscle because when you're smiling or moving your areas that are very high movement areas, you're going to potentially see the product bunch up or you may see the product kind of just move along with the actual muscle itself. And so that's not really what you're looking for when you're trying to really work on mm -hmm. the naturalness of the area. And so definitely your viscosity elasticity to me helps determine kind of the different planes you may be injecting mm -hmm. into, um, you know, and there are some studies that are coming out, you know, certain products actually under the guise of muscle movements can change the viscosity and the G Up prime to like a thousand uh, yeah. to 2000%. And so you definitely have to take that in con into consideration. Um, and these are things that we're just continuing to learn about these different products. It's just not just injecting it just because of injecting it. Well, what could potentially be the long-term mm -hmm. effects of a product when you inject into the area? Could there be something different um, that happens to the product with motion, with the muscle kind of moving over it? Um, there's, there's, we're still going to continue learning. I'm yeah. sure we'll find more and more things to learn about these products as we go along. Um, so and the two things you mentioned, so just know when we're looking at rheology, you want to know if it's, if it's stretchy or if it's not stretchy, mm -hmm. like, is it elastic or is it not? Um, some of the products that aren't elastic are the particle based products, right. you know, like the lift rustling silk. Um, what else is not elastic at all? Most all of them have a little bit of stretch. To most them. of them have a stretch. Yeah. I most everything has stretch beyond those. Those don't stretch at all. So when you put something in and you don't need it to move and you want it to stay where it's going in, that is, it's not an area that moves a lot, put something in that doesn't need to stretch or move. Like Dr. Kwok was saying, when it goes superficially and you're around areas of muscles that move, pick something that moves with that patient. You're going to give them a much more natural appearance and a much more natural look. Yeah. Um, particle size can determine where you want to place it. I think more particle size, I think the only one that really has the true particle size is going to be the Restylane Nasha products, your Restylane Lift. Restlin and your Restlin Silk. The rest of them um, do some of the products have calibration where it's kind of like you're squeezing molasses or pudding through a meshing system yeah. versus actually a gelatin. Right. I think when you're talking about particle size, it works more if it's more of a gelatin and you're pushing through a mesh system, you get more consistency in a particle size. But ultimately, if you have pudding and it's a little bit more firmer-ish pudding and you're pushing it, you can get a calibration size. So there's an equalness. There's not like big and small. There's more equalness through that calibration, but it's still not yeah. a true particle size. That's a little hard to grasp on that aspect it is. of it. It's just, um, yes. <laughs> and then of course, it's, if they it's want a particle, it's a piece, but it's not a particle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a piece of gel, but it's not a particle. <laughs> it's kind of weird. So you definitely want to just choose your dermal fillers according to what your patients need. And I, I will definitely say, Lori and I differ in certain areas where I like certain fillers. I can get away with certain fillers. It's understanding these characteristics that help you say, you know what? I want to use, you know, a high G prime. So for me, underneath the eyes, I think a lot of people talk about it and they use much softer ones. They're mm -hmm. using a Restylane or a Bellatero or things like that. I personally, I love wrestling lift in the area, but it's understanding the characteristic that you can figure out how you're going to place the product where you're going to place the product in the area to get you the results that you're looking for. So don't base it off of the fact that it, it has this thing, this kind of uh, characteristics. And so I can only use it here. At the end of the day, you can play with any of these products, inject anywhere. You know, if it has a very low G prime and you're trying to build a cheek, you could do it, but you're going to end up using a ton <laughs> of fillers to actually try to build up that G prime and you may end up getting more movement on that area because you know the tendency is a lower G prime product is going to be a little bit more elastic a little bit more viscous um, and so those are the things that you need to think about when you are choosing um, your products I always tell students you know you can choose and inject any product anywhere you know just like I think kiss is one of those products where I think the the wrestling fam people did do a beautiful job of marketing it, but they pigeonholed themselves because they <laughs> named it the Kiss. So everyone thinks of it as lips, lips, lips. 
But honestly, I play with it underneath the eyes. I play with it periorally. Mm -hmm. I play with it on the outside of the face. I think you just need to understand the characteristics so you're going to utilize it for what you want it to do. Kind of like um, contour. Contour came out. It's FDA approved for mid-face and zygoma. Okay? It's like a it's like a pillowy kiss is what it is. Same cross-linking, just mm -hmm. a larger uh, calibration. <laughs> Not a particle. But... Um, everybody, it was marketed for cheeks and, and mid-face. Well, I looked at the rheology and I went, hmm, I like kissing the lips. And this is fluffier and more pillowy. I'm going to try this contour in the lips. Oh, my God. Mm. It's amazing. Beautiful. It's beautiful in the lips. <clears throat> you can't make a lump if you try. Well, don't try. But um, <laughs> you could. It's so, yeah, I guess anything. <laughs> but, but it's so soft and it's so, it's beautiful. So if somebody wants a little bit more of a uh, a a bigger lip plumper, I go to contour. If they mm -hmm. want just hydration or a little lip gloss, I go to refine. Those are kind of, and I like kiss, but I've kind of gone to two that aren't really made for the lips or FDA approved for lips. <laughs> but I mean, that's because of the rheology. It's like mm -hmm. we look at those and we're like, oh, this might work really good here because it's got these attributes and yep. then try it. Try things, you guys. I mean, don't get pigeonholed. Think out of the box. Use your critical thinking to go, hmm, this, this, looks here, this G prime and this cross linking and it stretches or it doesn't stretch. And this might look good here on this patient and try them. I always say when you, when you start using fillers or when you have a new filler, it's like having a baby. You're getting to know it. You're kind of getting to go, how does it behave? What does it do? Do I like it here? Do I like it yeah. there? You're kind of getting to know it. And then you get to learn and trust whatever filler you're using for what type of tissue and skin you're using. Yeah. So Give yourself, allow yourself time to learn oh, and cool. to kind of try things. Give it some time, let it settle in mm -hmm. and see what it does. You know, there are certain ones that I got to try out. I gave it a try. I gave it a second try. And then those ones didn't wow me. They ended up not lasting as long. And so I'm like, okay, that's not going to be part of my Those portfolio. are the ones we couldn't feel because we never used them. <laughs> <laughs> those, those are the ones that I was like, you know what, as much as I do love the idea of it, maybe it's a cheaper filler, maybe it blah, blah, blah. Ultimately, you need to use what is going to be best in your hands for your patients. Um, I think that, you know, the difference in pricing on the fillers is fine. Um, you know, hopefully the swing isn't huge, huge, huge. Um, but at the end of the day, make sure that you guys do charge. I think we need to get out of the habit of having patients pay for a syringe or understanding that they're paying for the syringe instead that they're paying. Yeah, they're paying for the product, but they're, what they're paying for is your expertise, your artistry. It's kind of like I tell people when you go to your, your, your hairstylist, they're using the same coloring agents as everybody else. They're using the same scissors as everybody else. Um, but what comes out of their hands and what comes out of their techniques and whatever their artistry is, is going to be completely different from hairstylist to hairstylist. And that should be the same with you guys and your fillers. It should be an individual artistry based off of what you like. And don't be so closed off. I just use this and I'm only going to use this. I will definitely say I would I love my wrestling lift. I'm a huge wrestling lift fan. Um, now the contour's out, I'm kind of like, eh, it's kind of starting to take over some of my wrestling lift um, that I used to just exclusively use wrestling lift for these areas because I liked the way it did certain things. And so ultimately, I think that you need to be open-minded and give fillers a try. I'm not closed-minded. I will give it a try. The new RHA 2s, 3s, 4s came yeah. out. They're the most recent ones that have come out. I'm playing around with them, and I'll create my own opinions about them as I see the results of my patients. Remember, you can't judge these fillers until you let it sit in the patient's face for a couple of months. And then you can really kind of judge and see, did you like it? Did you like the way it feels? Did, is it going to add more extra benefit to your patients from what you currently use? Yeah, I, I agree. And some, like some products, products um, um, have a tendency to kind of blend more as they sit. They kind yeah. of just seek their own level. Yeah. So you have to know the behavior of those products, like mm -hmm. the RHAs. Sometimes they'll just kind of, you, you put them in them. and they just kind of blend yeah, in beautifully. But sure. like I might, might put it in one area if I want a bunch of lift, because I don't want it to kind of blend out. I want to put in areas where I want just a, a soft little fill. So just know what how they behave. And like you said, how they behave in a few months down the road. And then you're going to be able to kind of choose your favorites and use what you're more comfortable with as you go along. Yep. All right. So... 
um, rheology. I mean, ultimately, this is essentially what you're utilizing your fillers for. We're using it yeah. to lift. We're using it to fill contour or revolumize the area, which most of us are, are using. I think most of us tend to use fillers to fill revolumize. There are some of us that use it to lift, and I think there's arguments on both sides, lifting using fillers, you know, using the ligaments. Can you tack it down? Yeah. I'm a big, yeah. huge fan of that. I think if you revolumize in the right areas, you can lift the face back up. But that's for a different topic. Um, skin strength, excuse me, skin strengthening is a great one. Uh, Dr. Vanajic talks about that using Restylane to kind of help strengthen the skin. But I think it's a combination of using product with the actual needle creating yes. some, yeah. uh, some fibroblastic yeah. activity. It's a little bit more, you can say, like collagen induction mm -hmm. therapy mm -hmm. in a sense in the area. Um, and then in Europe, they do a lot of skin boosting. You, you use it uh, a really thin HA filler to actually do hydration of the skin. Typically, those are going to be very, very, very low if like almost no G prime because you don't want it to, you know, expand the skin and give fullness and projection off the skin. And I think of G prime as projection. There'll be something coming um, from one of the big, big pharmaceutical companies soon. They'll be FDA approved for skin boosting here nice. in the United States. So yeah, I'm not going to cool. say what it is, but we'll look out for um, it. <laughs> it's, it'll, yeah, it'll be it'll be nice. It'll be nice. All right. So this is a great little chart. Um, you know, this kind of summarizes, and these are independent values from all the different companies for all the different fillers that we currently have on the U.S. marketplace, and you can kind of just see naturally where um, our x-axis is going to be your flexibility and your y-axis is going to be the g prime so that y-axis going up and down you can see the highest g prime is wrestling lift and wrestling mm -hmm. right underneath it um and you have your volbella vul oops they spelled that wrong volbella um a little bit kind of close into the lower end but you can see closer to zero it on the x-axis means the flexibility so there's not much flexibility mm -hmm. in a product right in that area um, and so as you go further out on that spectrum you're going to see more flexibility that's where your refine is the most flexible um, but you can see it's low on the g prime so it's not going to give you very high lifting capacity so you know take that chart and utilize it as something to give you a guideline of where these fillers kind of fall into place and see if it does that for you in your hands um, i think that definitely the these these laboratory values come from labs so it's more in the it's not in in vitro or in vivo studies these are literally they take the filler they machine press it down see how much it stretches and and all of that stuff with the torquing so it, it still is going to be different um once you place it into your tissue and how the tissue reacts to your filler mm -hmm. okay it's all different everybody's tissue is different so just keep in mind um i oftentimes like to say try to try to replace like with like and kind of i mean that's a general guideline kind of like jack sparrow would say it's general guideline <laughs> Um, you know, so if you're trying to lift, you know, replace bone, if somebody's had some bone resorption, pick a, a firmer product, mm -hmm. pick a firmer product to mimic that bone and give you more lift. If you've lost fat pads, pick that middle product possibly, depending on their anatomy, but you might pick something a little bit softer in that middle area to kind of mimic the fat pad. Depends on the depth of the fat pad again, yep. but, um, but kind of think about where it's going and what it needs to mimic and what it needs to do. Here's my general guideline. When you have a really high G prime product, when you put your needle in, I want you to have a down comforter over your needle. So when you tent it, you have a down comforter. Mm -hmm. When you go down to the middle G prime, I want you to have a blanket over your needle. So when you tent it, you have a blanket. And when you go down to the really low G prime, really soft materials, I want you to just have a little sheet over your needle. So just a little sheet. So if you have a down comforter, you're going to, you're gonna, if someone has cheeks, thin face, you can't put something that requires a down comforter over it to hide it, can you? You have to go down to something that create, that has to have just a blanket. So if somebody has thin zygomas, go down to something where you don't have as much, mm -hmm. need as much adipose tissue to hide it or much. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So, oh, you guys may, you know, can definitely take another picture of this if you don't have it. Um, you guys can put it up there for them. There you go. Yeah. Take a picture. This is a great a referral, picture. you guys. Sorry for the, some of the misspell. 
Vovella. Is that something new? <laughs> no. Vovella. Sounds um, like But ultimately, it's something Vovella. that, you know, you guys should be utilizing earlier on just to kind of get your gauge correct. You're, you can see majority of all of these products are in that lower G prime range, in the middle G prime range, and kind of in that middle flexibility. And so that's where all of these kind of play around mm -hmm. in, in general. Okay, so just in summary, kind of rheologic components, your HA content, you know, as we said, 20 milligrams, kind of net neutral-ish. Uh, Cross-linking determines kind of, you could say, stiffness of a product for the most part. Um, breaking down, you know, has to do with some of the cross-linking, but it has to do with also the HA concentrations and whether it's long-chain, short-chain type of HAs yeah. and how they make it. Um, par particle versus gel. Mm -hmm. I honestly think this is really important. Um, I think the particles are not actually injected correctly, in my opinion, because they're particulate versus a gel being a little bit more expansive, a little bit more like, I call them like soft gummy bears in a sense, yeah. or more like pudding. Um, it kind of has its amorphous hold together versus a particle, you inject it over here and it travels over here, you can't really get it to bunch up together because it's a particulate, it's like sand. Yeah. You pour sand over here, you're not gonna get the sand to move over there and you press on it and the sand splat, flattens out. You're not gonna be able to get all the sand back up into a hill again. And so that's very different than having a regular type of a gel where potentially that gel kind of holds itself together and kind of you can get away with not being as specific. I think if you're using a particle gel, what it is is about being more precise about why you're injecting it and how you're injecting it. Yeah, and some of the some of the the gels um, will kind of have a tendency to integrate better in the mm -hmm. tissue. So That's there are too. some that integrate nicely. So if you make a mistake with some of these gels and you make a lump, you can just go and the lump's gone. <laughs> so um, some of them are very forgivable. That's true. And they integrate very nicely in the tissue. Yeah. Um, elasticity, stretchability, mm -hmm. determines kind of like where your depth is. Um, I think the, the more elasticity, the more you can put it into areas that have high mobility, especially around the mouth area. I think high elasticity is great for those. Um, and then lifting capacity, G prime, is if you're looking for projection, where do you want projection? You're going to choose something that has a little, little bit more high G prime. So. Yeah, and one other thing that we, we didn't really talk about was cohesivity. And some of the products are very cohesive and some aren't. So they might be gels and some of them kind of stick together in a mm -hmm. stick together in a tribe yep. and some of them will just kind of disseminate a little bit easier. So you can have different gels that behave very, very differently. For so. sure. Do we confuse you guys? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> this is such this is such good stuff to know and 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 we have both gone out and taught people who have done this for 5 10 15 20 years and they've never heard the word rheology. So because you guys have have listened to this tonight you're a step ahead of some people who have been doing this for years and years. Um and it's really important to know and you can kind of see by what we've explained tonight that you can kind of use your critical thinking and you can kind of choose products according to what your patient needs. Mm -hmm. If they have a thin face, if they have a medium face, if they have a round face, where do you need to put products? How much lifting do you need? Is it going to be mobile? All these variables play into your choice of what you're going to choose for your patients. And that's mm -hmm. really important to get the best outcomes. Yeah, don't pigeonhole yourself just because that person on Instagram uses only for that area, blah, blah, blah. Create your own artistry for yourself. All of this stuff is really, really dependent on what you feel um, is necessary for your patients. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I'm always playing. I'm always um, really, really uh, kind of, yeah, I guess you could call it play. It's playtime at the end of the day. I don't think you should be restrictive of where you can and cannot put these products. I think it really, really just comes down to understanding the the, the characteristics of the mm -hmm. product that allow you to play in different areas. Especially, you know, sometimes I doing lips and I'm like, oh, I don't need all the kiss that I use in there. Where can I put it? You know, sometimes anywhere. I put it in nasal labial. <laughs> sometimes a marionette. Sometimes I actually will put it underneath the eyes. I, ultimately, I don't think there's any wrong filler for any area. It's just understanding why you're using it there. If you can explain your, to yourself why you're using that product in that area, then you have a good reason.
Yeah. I think if you're just doing it, oh, just because I saw somebody else do it, that's not a good enough reason. I mean, you need to understand for yourself why you're using that product. Does it have the right G prime? Does it have the right flexibility? Is it the right area for you to be injecting that type of a product? Um, Anna's asking, we're looking at your questions, you guys. Type them in if you have them. Anna's asking, what's your favorite under eye treatment? Um, I think I think you probably mean filler. You, you like? <sighs> I like Rest and Lift. Lift. I'm still a big, big, big Rest and Lift fan. Um, I do under eyes in a two step process. I'm always about building a foundation um, and then coming back in and frosting. So I always use the analogy of baking a cake. You want to bake the cake first, let that settle in, and then come back and do the frosting, which kind of blends out the area. If I'm using more frosting, then I'm probably going to be um, doing more along the lines of a softer, softer G prime. So RHA2, Bellatero, potentially Rest and Refine. So something that's a lot, little bit softer into the area. Um, do I worry about Tyndall effect with Lyft? No, I actually don't actually, because I'm not injecting it at, on a superficial level. So you need to understand what level you're placing it. Um, one of the things I like to do is I also like to go down deep um, at an angle. I think if you take anatomy classes, you're going to see that if you go in perpendicularly, there is a potential that your product actually does travel back up the mm -hmm. needle. So a lot of you guys that are doing perpendicular injections and you wonder why you get a little Tyndall infect is a possibility that actually as you're injecting the filler, the filler actually travels back up and travels through different layers yeah. and settles into a little bit higher layer than you thought, even though you thought you were on the bone. Um, question from Ludmilla. Um, talk about silk and how do we use it and what areas. I used to use it in the lips. I don't anymore. Um, I don't. I just saw Erin um, inject it in the lips. Yeah. And she it's uses nice. it as like a really hydrator. Mm -hmm. If you actually look into how silk's used in Europe, they actually use it as a hydrator. Yeah. They actually use it as a skin hydration um, type of a treatment. They actually don't use it as an injectable, injectable filler. It's more of a napaging type or, of yeah. skin booster type of a thing. So I personally don't use silk. I think if you could use silk, if you understand the characteristic, it's a particle um, and you're looking at something that's just kind of just softening and blending with a little bit of structure. I think silk can do beautiful. I think lips is fine. To me, sometimes fillers injected into lips comes uh, and you get lumps and bumps in lips tends to be more related to injector error. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't want ever want to admit that we're the, <laughs> the reason why we get lumps and bumps. But a lot of times, if you're actually watching the finesse, and we're, we're probably in the future for an AI going to really talk about this, but it's really about the finesse and the feel. Practice on the back of your hand laying filler and seeing how well that you can actually lay in one thin, straight, equal line across your hand. You'll find that a lot of people, literally, it's clump, 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 <laughs> and that's the reason why why you see clump, 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 clump in your lips. And so I would probably say a lot of times it's related to a little bit of injector error and it's just developing the finesse with, with, uh, the, with the product and with your um, technique um, in the area and making sure that you are now in lips, especially that you are injecting more in the submucosal area, not into the muscle muscular layer. I think we used to inject a little bit more deeper into the muscular area and see a lot more potential lumps and bumps. If you inject in the muscles, you're going to get lumps and bumps, yeah. period. Um, with silk, one thing with silk though, is I want you to, it's particle. So the only three particle fillers in the world are lift, rustin, and silk. Those are the only three particle based because they've got a patent on those. So Galderma's got a patent on those. You like lift under the eyes. I like Restylane under the eyes. I go with a little bit smaller particle, but a lot of good lift. And if somebody has a really, just a tiny little tear trough that just needs to be massaged just a little bit, I'll put silk in there. It gives me the same particle based filler. I can, I can blend it out. It gives me enough lift and it works beautifully under the eyes. I don't get swelling. One thing with the lips though, is if you do silk in the lips, which is beautiful for just hydration, don't massage it. I want you to think of silk as small shards of glass. So don't massage it. It's a tiny little particle. It can swell a lot. So inject really slowly and don't massage silk. And the lips are great. Yeah. They're beautiful. 
All right. Unfortunately, we ran out of time to do more questions. We'll try and get to more of them yeah. maybe on Thank another, you for your questions. Thank <laughs> on you. On another video. Um, but if you have more pressing, you're more than welcome to uh, DM us or ask us at the Aesthetic Immersion. Yeah. Um, Call her. <laughs> oh, DM him. He never gets DMs. I get 100 a day. He never gets DMs. Dr. Uh, Guns and Needles, no. DM him. <laughs> Injection expert. Um, <laughs> ultimately, thanks for watching. But we have a winner from our last um, contest. Yes. It is Miss Lacita. Lacita is at Yogi Lisa 10. Congratulations. Um, you'll get your choice of uh, your webinar from our library. Yay. So lots to choose from in there. Um, and what else? What else? What else? What else? I think that was, oh, yeah. our next topic. Yeah. I know you guys want to listen to see what our next topic is. So our next topic. Starting in the, I guess this is a new year, right? Yes, it's going to oh, be January. It will be the new year. <gasps> it's going to be January. Happy New Year, everyone. Oh my Merry Christmas. Yeah. Um, but starting first week of January we'll be back with you guys um we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about skin rejuvenation so fillers through lasers and probably more along the lines of lasers or, or definitely skin treatments from Microneen, Microneen RF through different lasers that we use um I think lasers are one of those things and skin is one of those things that people don't pay attention to it's one of the last things that people want to treat one of the last things practitioners even want to deal with mm -hmm. and i think it's one of the things that um help people actually look better that naturalness you know this is where you're chasing after tightening after lifting sometimes it really needs that skin rejuvenation yeah. that is lacking and so we're gonna do we'll see a couple maybe one or two or three um ai lives just on different treatments and how to approach it and how we mm. utilize skin treatments in our uh our practice yeah. but the different modalities and mm -hmm. even combining treatments combining, combining that people don't sure. think about combining. Do your fillers, toxins, and lasers all in the same yeah. day. Threads yeah. as well. You can definitely do, you know, I think people are talking about threads and they're thinking it's this and all that will lift the face up. I tell my patients I can lift the fat, the fatty subcutaneous tissue, but if I don't get your face to shrink wrap back up, you're not going to have it. You're not going to have the great results that you're looking yeah. for. So Hopefully we will see you guys um, the first Tuesday of the uh, of the of first January. week of the new year. 2022. <laughs> All right. January 4th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, but thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, you guys. Hopefully you got learned a little bit about rheology and you're going to be uh, more informed and make really good choices for your patients as you go on. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everybody. <laughs>